everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Well, Kat, so I guess uh, this episode is about the uh, Mystery Dinner Theater that you're involved in. Yes. So uh, why don't you tell us little bit about where this idea came from and how it got started so it is um you know it has its own little backstory um several years ago uh, there was a reporter who was the editor of mountain advocate which is a newspaper of barberville kentucky and I don't remember uh, exactly um, what prompted that I was going to be interviewed. Um, but at any rate, I was going to be in the newspaper for something. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it was, uh, it must have been about something I had written, you know, a play being published or some award or something like that. Right. But none yeah. of that really matters. Um, you know, the point being that um, the lady's name, who was the editor, was Brooke Stansberry. And so she was the one that did my interview. And um, we just, I don't know, we connected like, like you do with some people, like I did with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... She just was a creative soul, too. And we talked about, like, you know, there's no community theater here in Barberville. And we really, like, I wanted to write the plays and she wanted to act. And, you know, we we just, like, always were talking about, let's really get together, you know, and make, like, this come true. Let's make it reality. Mm-hmm. And you know how it goes. Um, <laughs> we talked about it and dreamed about it, but um, then she moved away, and you know, uh, we started the podcast, and you know, it, it just like I'm sure a million other things happened too. Mm-hmm. So um, fast forward to thinking. You know, again, recently, like, this really, I think, would work, that we could have a mobile um, dinner theater troupe so that you don't have to have the theater building because finding a venue is always difficult if you're looking for a theater. Right, Um, yeah. Just, you know, there hasn't been one in many years the college here has one um but primarily you know you're if you're looking to start a commercial one it, it, it would be difficult unless you plan to build and all of that so 
you know, I thought the mobile idea might work. And lo and behold, one of the first people that I reached out to was none other than Brooks Stansberry, uh, who actually is working in Corbin, Kentucky. So um, she said yes, and the rest is kind of history in that, you know, she's phenomenal, just like I knew she would be. And it's kind of like our dream um, being realized, I guess, until it turned into a nightmare. (laughs) Uh, But no, seriously, you know, I love Brooke, and um, I just felt like that was a good sign that this was um, what was supposed to happen. So, uh, how? So, do you have like any any direct business experience? I mean, I assume there's a lot of details to take care of, and you know things like that. Um, are you just navigating your way through, or you know? Well, I I have observed and known people that own businesses so mm-hmm. um you know i picked up things like that um a, a lot of like teaching because i sponsored drama uh, and we did like fundraisers and things like that so there is a lot of like the paperwork side of you know keeping track of expenses and all of that kind of stuff Um, So I did have a lot of experience with that part of it. Um, And, you know, I I think a lot of it is also learning as I go along. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not a lot different uh, in many ways. It's not a lot different than when I was teaching high school theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as putting everything together, you know, I already had like 20 years of experience doing that of knowing like you know this has to be in place and this has to be in place and we need this and this and so that part of it I really felt prepared for um the part I you know the taxes um because especially because we're a mobile theater right you're uh, doing it for profit so yeah, that you know, like each county will or city uh, would have a different um, city tax or county tax rate, and mm-hmm. so you know a lot of things like that I had not dealt with, not on a basis like this would be, and so uh, you know you have to turn to where I felt like it was important to turn to an accountant to uh, get some information about that and get assistance for. Um, those kinds of things and getting the license I knew that you know that was a requirement tax ID and you know so it was just a matter of like some things I knew and then I I needed to seek out some experts on the things that I did not uh, feel that comfortable with Mm -hmm. so uh, what about the script Um, did you write that or I mean okay so the script too like this is all like really in a way a big backstory but um the script um was shortly after my 30th high school reunion Mm -hmm. and Michael Radford um 
who has been my drama friend for many years, um, we started with Roots of the Bluegrass. Um, we would write. Um, that was kind of a motivator to get us to write. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would write a play together just every year so we could enter it into um, the Roots contest. And so for that year, because my reunion was on my mind, I was thinking, like, to Michael, you know, we maybe we could write a reunion play because there's a lot of characters in my real class. So, um, you know, I think we could I think we could make a play. And and we did. Um, It was a full length play. So a rather large you know, amount of time went into it, and um, the running time is probably 90 minutes, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, did not do anything with it other than, you know, submit it in the contest, which it did not win. Um, but we, um, you know, just put it away, and I'm not sure if he had looked at it, but I don't really think so, um, because... You know, the next year we would write another one, and, and right. so, you know, some, as you know, some writing you revisit, and some you may not for right. long periods of time. So when I knew that this um, murder mystery kind of theater was going to, you know, be the business, that I thought, okay, you know, this I could condense. Um, or adapt this script to something usable because it had all the elements really Uh, it's set in a class reunion so um, there's so much that you could do or I I envision that you could do to involve the audience so really it was just like to me it seemed like the perfect script except it was like way way too long and had way way too many characters uh, and you know so that's when like you're part of the backstory uh, you know in that I reached out to you and was like we need to yeah. you know condense this to like 10 characters or less and um, you know you helped me with that and we adapted it and um, yeah I mean so, you know, it was a pretty, pretty funny script, but also a very difficult task to cut out, you know, so much right, of the yeah. uh, plot. I mean, uh, I, I've talked to you a lot about it, and it's not without its controversy. Do you want to talk about that? Um, so I, you know, I felt like, and the discussions that we had in writing it and when Michael and I wrote it you know 12 13 years ago whatever it's been now mm-hmm. um, I you know it, it was like as next to nothing as I think I have ever written um, you know what as you... far as controversy oh. so if you were to ask me to rank like everything I've ever written 
um, in order of what I think would be most controversial to least controversial. This would have no doubt been at the bottom with the least <laughs> controversy. Yeah. Uh, because one, it's, it's comedy, strict, strict comedy. Right. Uh, and, you know, I love writing drama more so. Um, so it was very different for me in that way. Um, but there was no message to it. Not that, like in my writing, I'm, I may address controversial subjects. Right. But I don't try to influence the, the audience member to feel one way or the other. Like I like to address the topic but you know let the audience member decide how they feel about it right like, i don't like preachy kinds of things telling yeah, yeah. me uh one way or the other what to do or feel so but it, it wasn't a message play like it wasn't addressing a social issue or you know like suicide or right. uh, alzheimer's or uh, different things that i've written about over the years love online um you know, just uh, so many different things, and so this this was like the least thing that I ever thought there would be uh, an issue with. Right. So what happened? Yeah. Um. You know, I still <laughs> ask myself that question. I think that's um, baffling to me. Um. I guess the only thing I could say is that the content of it um, was misinterpreted and because of that misinterpretation it did cause a lot of difficulty um, for everyone involved and so let, so let me ask you was it someone someone read the play and they were offended by something in it or was it like um so they said they were offended yes um you know, and I guess people can be offended at a number of things. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not going to say, no, you should not be offended because, you know, like, I guess everyone has their own interpretation. Yeah. Yes, of, of for, you know, what might be offensive, like us talking right now uh, could be offending some people. Uh, but you know, okay. <laughs> I I feel like you you cannot censor um, people's creativity. Like you know, if our conversation right now was to be something that was offending someone, I feel like we should not stop having this conversation. Um, yeah, sure. Because. You know, they can turn off the podcast, right? Right, yeah, exactly. So, you know, the same with the play. Like, you don't have to come to the play right. uh, if, if, if you feel like it offends you. Now, that's my belief, you know, about, about my writing, about most people that I know that are playwrights. Um, especially if you get your work published, then... If a, if a school or a community theater or group wants to perform your work, but let's say, you know, there's profanity in it, for instance. Right. And they don't want profanity. 
um, then they have to write to the publisher and the publisher will contact the playwright and the playwright then ultimately can say, you know, yes, um, I'll let you, I'll allow you to change my work and take out the profanity or whatever the situation might be. Right. Or they can say, no, you cannot perform my work unless you perform it as I've written. Mm. Um, you know, uh, with some work that I've had, um, there, there have been issues like that where um, profanity might be, you know, something that they wanted to remove. And so I've always, I felt like, been cooperative in those kinds of situations because I feel like um, the message of the play was was such that it was, it would have been more harmful to not have the message out there. Yeah, all um, right, I, I get that. Yes, but with this particular play, um, there there was nothing. So the the thing that the person uh, or group was saying they were offended about didn't even exist to begin with. So um, they had not read the play. No. Oh. <laughs> um, but they had heard, and you know how that can go. Yeah, yeah, like a game um, of telephone. Yeah, so, you know, I, I did try to explain. It's misinformation. I feel you should read the script. I think if you, you know, saw this, the play, read the script, you know, that you might have a different feeling because what you're describing to me um, is not in this play. So, um, sometimes then you are forced to make a decision. Uh, you could say we're going forward with the play mm -hmm. come don't come okay? right that's one thing you could say sure um, you could say I'll make you know an exception here because it's not that big of a deal I'll make a change mm -hmm. so the first time that's what I did uh, I agreed to you know do some do some rewrites and um it didn't change uh, it, it, it's hard to change something that doesn't exist to begin with okay? right yeah yeah um, so I, I made changes but there was really no way to make the change they wanted because that wasn't there to begin with right um, so you know uh, I did it took some time if you're listening out there I want you to know <laughs> it did take some time uh, but I, you know, I felt like I was, I felt like it was okay. Right. Um, you know, it was out there a week with the cast and um, with some of the people who were unhappy. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, after a week, then uh, all of a sudden it was not okay again. And hmm. so this time is where it kind of in my opinion, crosses the line. Um, and, and with, I, I won't go into so many details just to say that someone's job, um, one of the actors in the cast, um, their job was threatened if we went forward with the play. Oh my God, really? I mean, I, I read the play and in its original form and it was nothing like, 
the controversy yeah, no. that it generated, I guess. I mean, it, it was just, I mean, for that, yeah. for that to happen, for that to happen and the people hadn't even read the play, I mean, that's ridiculous. Right. It was ridiculous, but, you know, the problem becomes in the society that we're in right now, uh, even ridiculous things can cause you so many problems. And yes, job, yeah, yeah. Um, that they, you know, are in it. Uh, while they would not have been fired, I have no, you know, no doubt that there would have been no basis for anything like that. Right. Um, but sometimes, um, like, let's say you were the editor of a newspaper, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's certain, or you're a politician, or, you know, there are certain jobs where you're in the public eye, um, that perception play a big part in, right. you know, Understood. what's going to happen to you or how you can perform your job. So in this case, the person, um, you know, had to leave the cast. And that was hard. Mm. That was really, really hard because uh, it was so unfair. Um, and that person was so talented. And it was just a horrible situation. Right. So, you know, when I said, like, Brooke and, and my dream, you know, became a nightmare, um, it really did become a nightmare. And I felt like everything we worked for. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see where it would be a little disheartening. I mean, it, really, an innocent thing like writing that play and, you know, some of the characters in it and whatever, and then have people misconstrue what what's being portrayed, and you know, and not even and not having read the play, deciding that it was, you know you needed to change it based on their, you know, their perception of what might have been in there. You know what I mean? That, that's kind of sad. But it, it was very sad. And, um, you know, so then I was caught yet again in the middle of, as a playwright, you know, am I going to change something that I adamantly am against changing because there's nothing right. to change to begin with. Uh, or, you know, am I going to am I going to sabotage the business that I'm trying to begin? Yeah. Um, and so that to me was the decision I was making. Mm-hmm. You know, we were midway probably into um, <laughs> having the the we'll call it version 2.0 of the script memorized and you know so then besides doing a rewrite of the script you know I'm searching for new cast members because this controversy uh, actually ended up causing me to lose three cast members Wow. Um, so it was very difficult Um, but you know if people know me they will know one thing about me is that persistence (laughs) if I had to (laughs) give one word to describe me (laughs) I would say persistent is that word yeah that is one definitely (laughs) yes Matt you probably already know that too (laughs) you could attest to that yes I can Um, 
so, you know, I, I. So, so I, let me let me ask you this: if this if this script had meant more to you, um, I, I mean, it you know it, it is you, you said it really wasn't. <clears throat> excuse me, um, you didn't write it as controversial, and you you had kind of forgotten about it and stuff, but like. Um, if it had meant more to you, would you have changed it? You know, I, I've asked myself that question a lot. Um, you know, in a different context, like if a school or someone had asked to perform it mm -hmm. and give me the same reason that I was getting, and you know, in this situation, I definitely would have said no. I will not change it. You cannot change it because right. that does not exist. However, I, um, you know, one of the goals of this group, um, this business, is to pay actors in this area, right. which is really unheard of. Um, you know, most people, they do it because they love acting, mm -hmm. and that's why they're starving artists, you know? Yeah. Um, so I felt like the dream of this was to bring community theater to adults because you know a lot of times kids stay in theater until high school and maybe they can do it in college and then they go off to their you know real job and um, that's that's the end of what they're able to do with acting and then they just kind of leave that behind even though they loved it so you know to have them to have a, a chance a venue to perform again and to get some validation you know that by getting paid i thought that's the greater good here again okay i, mean, uh, I want to start my business so right. that's um you know that's a difficult situation and you had half the cast saying you know absolutely do not change it even no matter we're against being forced into yeah. to change and then you know I had to to be really just the opposite of what I normally am and also you know kind of cave into that is what it seems like or um, you know if, if I can only write the things that someone uh, is not offended by then I can't write anything because yeah. if you show something to enough people, someone's going to be offended at something. Right. Or or they're going to want to rewrite it and say, oh, well, you know, I like this part, but I, I would do this part differently or whatever. Right. And, um, you know, so it was 4th of July this week. And, um, you know, for Independence Day, I really thought about, like, if I could have had all the theater people in the group just standing there, like, ex with no expression, just, that's the kind of theater, if we're forced to change our writing based on if someone else likes it or approves of it, um, then that's the theater you'll have is this is nothing, like, no thinking, no anything. Right because it's just impossible. So, you know, my message or the way of how I truly feel is that artists should write, 
create um, as they see fit and then let the market balance it out by, you know, if you write something so offensive that no one in the area goes to it, you're not going to stay in business too long. Right. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, I've had plays published. I continue to to have work that's well received. So I don't have any doubts about the credibility of my writing. And I know, like, when I feel like I'm getting close to a boundary. Um, so for that reason, it, it was ludicrous that... I mean, I, I, yeah, I just, uh, I just, I, I just keep, <laughs> I just keep going back to the fact that they never read the play. They never read the play. Um, you know, so I did do another rewrite. Um, so we, <laughs> we do have, uh, was forced to, if I was going to do the rewrite, just to eliminate characters right. because even though those characters never existed, um, their names, nothing about them could exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I did do that third rewrite. And, um, so now you're happy with the, I mean, you're happy with what you've written and, uh, everybody's, you know, the controversy has died down. And I'm thrilled that the business is going to open on July 29th. And that despite everything, like the three cast members I lost, and those were, it's really sad because really they were put in the same situation of not yeah. having a choice either. Um, but the people that stood by me, stood by the play, um, and now, like, they're phenomenal. And, you know, I encourage everyone to come out. Come out and watch the play and see if you, like, you know, see if you're offended. <laughs> I guarantee you, you're going to, like, have so much fun. You're going to laugh. You're going to have good food. Um, it, it's just, it's such a fun play. And the, the talent uh just amazing like this area has so many talented people mm -hmm. and it, you know it, if you love the 80s um if you've been to a class reunion or you've got one coming up and you're wondering you know like what are my classmates like you know what are they like now 10 years later 20 years later 30 40 years, years later, later. <laughs> yeah and this play it is 30 years yeah. later and and beyond um, so they all have secrets, um, and they have these vests on. So at different points in the play, they're going to open their vest and reveal a secret or some, you know, information about ah, them. interesting. Yes. So, you know, it's called the reveal, uh, but it's all, it's all humor. Um, you know, like these characters... You know how you have like a caricature, um, like yeah. at a fair or something, yeah, yeah. they have the little artist out and they'll sketch you and, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe you have like a, a slightly large nose, for instance. Right, yeah, um, I guess exaggerated. But, you know, you might look like Pinocchio in the caricature, right, yeah. you know, like they like over exaggerated. So I would like to think that's the way the characters in the reveal are. 
it's like everyone will say oh there was someone like that in my class but you know then magnify that like you know 10 to 20 times more so it's it's like we'll recognize people from our classes and uh yes yes um and you'll be like oh that was just like you know maybe one of them will be just like you yeah there you go (laughs) like oh that was me (laughs) yeah Um, there's a couple of them you know i'd like to say that is me uh, (laughs) there's some pretty funny characters in there and and the audience is all going to be this is neat too i think the audience will be given a name tag when they come in, so they're already assigned um, who they're going to be for the evening. No, oh, so it's so, like they're part of the uh, part of the event. They are, yes. It's very immersive, and um, you know, some of them will win prizes, and because you just never know, like. Um, you know, like, let's say you were Steve Pickard. Steve Pickard is someone I graduated with. Hey, Steve, if you're listening. Uh, he was, you know, a really great friend for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Very talented. Um, so, you know, you could be Steve Pickard. And um, it's just going to be really fun, you know, and just to pretend like that everybody knows everybody from high school. And uh, cool. The music of the 80s, you know, there's going to be little sing-alongs and all kinds of things that, you know, we can't reveal everything. Right. But <clears throat> So this is at the Pennington? Oh, yes. And we, I'm so glad today that we had Deidre Pennington with us because she's going to tell us about the history of this building. It is a beautiful building with such an artistic presence like when you enter um you just feel like an ambiance and the spirit of like art calling out to you that's how i felt um, interesting when i first went in so that's in corbin no where is that yes so that's on south main oh it's in in Corbin. corbin kentucky okay so um, tickets are on sale if you go to Eventbrite, and I'm sure we'll have a link posted for the listeners. Yep. Um, and also, you know, if you believe in free speech and writers writing what they want to write, and you want to be a sponsor, we'd love to have you. Um, so we have all kinds of information about that, too. But it's a beautiful project like from start to finish no matter the twists and turns um it's a wonderful project and we have already like um you know four um shows of this well four performances on different dates and locations of this show so um you know it's not going away and uh, at least not until you know it's time for the next one right yeah <laughs> well and uh, i don't know you know maybe drama is the way to go because who would have thought of all the things right comedy yeah, would be yeah, the yeah. one that gets you i know there you go well yeah. i just i just wanted to say i know this has been a dream of yours for quite a long time to uh start something like this and uh I mean, I'm only marginally involved in it, um, helping you do some writing and You're stuff You're the like. controversy problem. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I just... I told you we shouldn't put that word in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
But I just wanted to, you know, just wanted to wish you guys the best. And, uh, you know, um, I hope that uh, everything that you're setting out to do comes true for your vision. Yes, and you know, like, even more special is that some of my drama students, you know, when they were babies or in high school, mm-hmm. you know, they're adults now and they're acting uh, in this play. And that's so special to me as well. And actually, uh, we're going to be speaking with one of them today. Oh, so, wow. Uh, that's awesome. Yes. How many do you have? Do you know? Uh, I think that we said there were five from Knox County. So uh, How many are former students? Three? Yeah, uh, well, so some people participated in our productions when I right. did theater in high school, but I didn't have them as a student. Oh, I but see, okay. They would participate, so um, at least four of them were my students, and one more um, was involved in Odyssey of the Mind, um, which is another, like, performing arts um sponsored activity um so he is also in the play and we're really happy to have him too all right sounds awesome so uh well let's go talk to some of the people involved and get their take on things yes let's do that I'm so excited to have all of you from Mystery Meets and the Pennington here with us today on Backstory Sessions. So welcome, everyone. Welcome. Happy to be here. Thanks. Excited to be be doing this. Yes. Awesome. Well, let me just let the listeners know who we do have with us today. We're um, very honored to have... Deidre Pennington, who is the owner of the Pennington in Corbin, Kentucky. Uh, We have Gary Bryant with us, who is the co-owner of Mystery Meats. We're going to be talking about exactly what that is and where that's based. And then we have two actors with the Mystery Meats company, uh, Brittany Ferguson and Chris Campbell, and we're going to be hearing about their experience with this first performance. And also, um, we might even get them to do a little bit of their characters for us. So, DJ, let's start with you. Um, you're a chiropractor by day? Yes. So, you know, people always say, don't quit your day job. Well, you know, what led you to open the Pennington? Well, that is a very good question. Um, I had spoke one day with a friend of mine, and she uh, told me that the building that the Pennington is in uh, was up for sale, and that I needed to buy it, and that I need. <laughs> she had all these great ideas. I needed to move my practice there, and you know all of these things, and it would be. And um, I went and looked at the building and was so inspired by the historic, just the aspect of the 
uniqueness of the building. And I think if you've been in the building, then you would know what I'm talking about because there's lots of really um, historic uh, qualities about the building that is just awe-inspiring. So I go and I look at the building and I was just, I thought I've got, you know, I've got to do this. And I did not have a plan at the time for exactly what I was going to do. And to be completely transparent, making an event space was not even on my radar at the time. Wow. But, but I could not make it work in my mind that the chiropractic office would be there. So it just different people looked at it and several people said, you need to do an event space. This needs to be an event space. So that kind of got me thinking about, you know, going this direction with it. So um, I'm really excited and I feel like it's turning out really good. And so you fell in love with the building first and then um, it sort of developed into what is now the event center. Um, and so when did you open? So I purchased the building the ver- at the end of last year. So um, basically it was right around Christmas time when I actually, you know, made the purchase. So um, probably toward the end of January, I started doing some renovations and and you know working with it and even at that time had not decided that it was going to be an event space and luckily my daughter is a interior designer so she started you know throwing out her ideas and and it just you know things just kind of started going in one direction but um You know, we had our first event pretty early on, and um, it's just evolved. Each event that we have, um, we do a little bit more to the building, and it's it's just slowly transformed into, you know, what it is today. So it seems like it kind of had its own purpose, and you just, like it led you to what it was meant to be. Yes, that's that's a great way to look at it because it um, it I, I feel like it spoke to me and it really it's it's just such a it's such a great um, building the the history behind the building um, was very unique. Tell us a and, little that for the list okay not from Corbin yes and so I was actually born here in Corbin so I am a original and um, my family um, the Penningtons the very large family and um, you know here for years and so when I started asking questions about this building um, I spoke with um, a gentleman that has a an alternator shop across the street from the Pennington. 
and he knew my family, knew my parents, uh, my, my uncles, and he was telling me a lot of cool history behind this building. He said that it was at one time um, a youth center. The upstairs was a youth center. I believe Princess McBurney, which the Princess McBurney Center is named after this, you know, specific lady. She was very instrumental in Corbin youth, and this was something that she, I believe, had a role in was this youth center. And he told me that it also at one time had a two-lane bowling alley in the upstairs. He told me that it was before World War II, it was a, or during World War II, it was a sewing factory upstairs. And they made uniforms for the, the war. And uh, one of the really interesting things was he told me that Pennington Funeral Home was in, on the ground floor at one time which was one of my uncles. And that was something that I had no idea. You, no one had ever mentioned that. Wow. So that was really, you know, really interesting to me. And that kind of helped me name it. Because the building itself, it didn't really have an identity. Because for years, it was the dialysis clinic. And it was very drab and very kind of a sad situation. You know, you would just see people, you know, they would spend their entire days there, you know, having dialysis. And right. it wasn't really kept up very well. And um, and that was how it was most of what I remember was just this dialysis clinic. So when I started when things started kind of changing and it was kind of getting developed uh, I knew I needed to come up with a, a name for it and I was struggling with so many different because I'm not a marketing person at all and um, one morning it just kind of hit me and it was like the Pennington that just just it just made perfect sense well, it definitely seems in a way like it's a full circle, um, you know, from this historical that you didn't know about and even what you were going to do with it, you didn't know about at first. And then it, all the pieces uh, just come together for you. And now you have a, a beautiful facility that, um, like you were saying, is not just when you walk into a building. It's, it's more than that. It is. It has its own personality, its own charm. And um, I know that you've hosted some arts events. Um, have you always been an arts supporter? Are you involved in the arts? What, what led you in that direction? Well, the um, downtown manager, Maggie Monholland, she is, um, she came and looked at the building when I was first getting involved with it. 
And she was just so energized by the feel of the building. And she immediately said, I want to do an, an art gala. Uh, this would be the perfect, you know, the perfect backdrop for this art gala. And I fell in love with that idea because being from Corbin and witnessing kind of the downtown revitalization that's been going on for the past several years, it, it really warms my heart to see Corbin uh, thriving downtown and seeing a lot of businesses and a lot of creativity being, you know, brought into the downtown area. So it was super exciting for me to, you know, be able to be a part of something like that. I am not an artsy person, so that was a little bit out of my, you know, my realm. But um, I went down to the art gala and all of the artists, they were just raving over how awesome the building was and how inspiring it was. And they were just so appreciative and it really made me feel good. And I'm hopefully, you know, hopefully we can do more of those. Absolutely. And I know that um, you've had music groups in there to film a video. Um, yes. Countywide. Yes. yes. Countywide. Um, they contacted me and they, you know, asked if they could use the, the upstairs area for a music video. And, you know, I think they're wonderful. The guys, they're all, I know three of them pretty well and their music is it's just really they're doing so good and I'm just so I'm excited that you know I felt really excited that they wanted to do a video inside the Pennington because you know I'm there all the time and I'm doing stuff so I I forget how it really looks you know, because I get caught up in other little details. So when I when other people come to me and they want to have these different, um, you know, different uses for it, it's just, it's really um, inspiring to me because, like you said earlier, the building's kind of got its own life that it's kind of bringing to fruition. Well, uh, I saw the video that um, Countywide that they filmed there and uh, it, uh, it the building is just beautiful it was a perfect backdrop for that as well um and we we've had actually we we had travis on the podcast before um he he is the self-proclaimed most handsome one just so you'll know it's <laughs> Um, and we've had Evan. Evan was the first one we met. So um, I, I just loved, like, when I saw the video, it's just amazing to think that that was in Corbin, Kentucky, uh, because that could have been in Nashville. That could have been in a lot of places. You would not have known to look at um, the video. It was really very beautiful and well done. So... Um, I guess that's a good way to lead into when mystery meets 
meet you. Uh, what were your thoughts when you first heard of mobile theater possibly wanting to come there? Well, I didn't really know or understand exactly what it was. Um, I knew that um, I'm I'm very open to um, when someone approaches me and they have their idea and their plan for something and they want to use my venue, um, I'm very open to you know, hearing about it and, and understanding what it is. And when I met with Gary, he, um, I mean, it, again, it just, it just seemed like the perfect fit. And, you know, he explained all of it and I thought, wow, I mean, I would have never thought of that, but I feel like it's, it's going to be a perfect match. Awesome. And I, Thank Gary. This is a good time to bring you into the conversation. Um, so, how did you become involved uh, with Mystery Needs? Well, it came from you asking me a question. You had an idea, and I thought about it for about three seconds. I thought, you know what? I think that's feasible. And then I started doing some math and putting things together, and I started thinking about. Um, all the possibilities that it invoked uh, about providing entertainment for people. And, I, and I'm all about um, adding to the community. That's very, very important to me. And I think this is something that could be a very good addition to the community. So do you have a background in theater or what was your interest in the Well, Kathy, I, I've always had an interest in arts. I, it's, you know, it's kind of something that it always appealed to me. I mean, I go to, uh, I try to attend as many plays as I can and, and musicals even and, and all these type of things. And I've actually been to dinner theater before, uh, similar to what we're going to do. And it really appealed to me. And I'm anything, I'm about anything that's, that brings about the creative, creative side of people. And I think this has an opportunity to be very creative. Well, I think a lot of people will at first be like Deidre. So explain, you know, how it works. Like, what is this? Well, we're actually going, you know, I talked about before, there are three things that are really important to making this work, in my opinion. Uh, one is you have to have the right facility. I think we have that. You have to have the right food. We've been turning over every rock possible to get the best possible food that we can have for this. And you have to have a good performance. I think we have a good script, a very good script. And I think we have excellent people that are going to fill the roles in that script. And um, I, I just, I'm just really excited about the opportunities that it brings to Corbin and eventually to the entire surrounding area. Okay, so I'm a listener. I'm out there. I'm hearing you say these things. I've heard about the building. But I'm still thinking, like, okay, what is this? So what can I expect? If I buy a ticket, I show up that night, and then, you know, what? What's it going to be? Well, first of all, you're going to be thoroughly entertained. Um 
it, it's I believe in having fun. I be I believe anything that you do in life should be fun, and this is certainly going to be a whole lot of fun. And we're going to make sure that you can't possibly leave there hungry. And uh, I don't know if you want me to go into at all uh, what the well, theme of this performance is, but so I get there and you know am I having dinner there or yes yes you'll be having dinner and the actors will actually be you know like 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 what is it casual you know what well I mean you could be casual but you could very easily dress up for this you could do whatever makes you feel comfortable but we're going to consider this a a night out on the town uh, for a couple or maybe even possibly a family and uh, the actors are going to be part of, of who you are. They're going to be part of, of, of the crowd. And you'll have a chance to participate in what's going on. This is going to be fully immersive. Um, so don't be surprised if you're asked to be a part of it. And uh, we're, we're always looking, we'll always be looking for people we think that could be entertaining. And, and this is your opportunity to perform, <laughs> so to speak. So immersive, you mentioned that word. Is um, this immersive mobile theater, is this a first for the Tri-County area? Well, I, I think possibly there was something similar to this done one time, but I, I do expect this to be actually a unique experience to anything that they've seen. Um, just because of, of the length that we're going to go to, to to bring the crowd into what we're doing. Okay. Uh, and so what is the first show? And, um, you know, as much as you can tell, what is it about? Well, interestingly enough, it is based on a 1982 class reunion. And that's a, a really big coincidence because it just so happens that you and I are from the class of 1982. <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, You'll have a chance to see in the actors or in the uh, the characters in this play some people that you may recognize from high school, um, no matter what high school you attended. And you'll see, you know, some updates on those people. And you'll see how they interact some 30, 40 years later. I've, I've just about lost count. I guess it's 40 years later now. But um, it, it's, it should be a lot of fun. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, talk to the actors because we have two of them here with us today. Um, Chris, you play Howard in this. So um, tell us a little bit about your acting background before the reveal. Well, my acting background comes from just a bit in high school. And then I moved down to the Corbin area in 2006, and I've been involved with two theater groups in London. There was a, a short run here in Corbin that I did a couple of shows in the dinner theater. And it seems like since I showed up in Corbin in 2016, I've done probably 25 different productions, uh, varying from Ebenezer Scrooge to Ronald Reagan to, to a random background character. So I've been involved in a, a little bit of drama, a whole lot of comedy and been going at it fairly regularly since about 2000, probably seven or eight. So, um, what is your character in the reveal? What is Howard like? Is he, would you say he's more like yourself or more different 
from your real self. You know, there are some similarities between Howard and myself. Um, you know, growing up in high school, I was a fairly smart kid. I, would, I certainly wasn't a valedictorian like Howard. And eh, a little bit weird, probably still am. And so, you know, when I, when Howard and I got in, at, into our real lives, we, we were able to um, up our station in life. I, I certainly won't say I'm a rich man by any stretch of the imagination, but I certainly had everything I needed, 99% of what I want. And Howard embodies that. He was a valedictorian, a little weird in high school. Then he got out and he got stinking rich. And <laughs> that is something that Howard relies on quite a bit. And it, it takes up a lot of his personality in his later life. Okay. Uh, Brittany, I want to ask you a, a similar question uh, because you play Terry, who is Howard's wife in the script. So, you know, tell us about your acting background. Okay. I can say Howard and I are very similar. I grew up um, from a young age acting in my church. So I was always involved in any of the performances as a young girl that we did in church every Christmas. We do a Christmas play at my church. That led me up into high school where from my freshman year on, I have always been a member of the drama group drama competitions um, and different acting things that we did as one of your students. Um, blessed to be one of your students, taught me a lot. Um, I definitely am one that's never quite been um, too stage fright. So definitely a personality that is willing to kind of be out there, I guess you could say. And that is kind of similar to Terry. She does not hold her tongue. She is very much out there, um, doesn't mind to let people know what she thinks um, because she is married to Howard and she is now rich. She feels just as entitled to share her opinions about things and let everyone know just how she thinks and feels. And I think that kind of embodies who I am a, per in a person as well. Okay, and so... Um... For both of you, Chris will again start with you. Uh, how did you get involved with this project? Well, uh, by just like most things in my life, I just stumbled on it by happen happenstance. I was scrolling through Facebook, and next thing you know, a couple of my acquaintances had joined a, a theater group. And next thing you know, I was sending in a couple of a really pretty bad audition tapes. I can't believe you <laughs> cast me from those audition videos. Um, and I just kind of, like most things in my life, I stumbled in head first and said, we'll give this a try, see how it goes. And how is it going? It's going very well. I'm having a blast, and I really think everybody's going to be tremendously entertained. Okay, same question for you, Brittany. How did you get involved? Um, again, another happenstance, but I definitely think this was a happenstance um, led me, I feel like, through the Lord. So I have still remained, you know, I do things within my church, but ever since high school, I have not quite been on the stage like I 
would have foreseen myself being in the future. You know, I love drama. I love performing. And after high school, you know, we grow and we change. And uh, I definitely was nowhere at a place in my life right now that I would have seen myself being back on the stage. But I um, just so happened to be, I was not on Facebook. I had no idea that this was posted on Facebook. And I had shown up at the farmer's market to get some things. Me and my children have took on chickens and raising some vegetables at my house this year, honey. So I went from theater to a farmer baby over the last couple years. And I was at the farmer's market and I just so happened to run into you. And it was such a blessing because you literally had just posted about this you know mystery meets on facebook literally the night before and i ran into you and it it was like all the stars had aligned i ran into you and you were able to share with me about what you were beginning to do and it just lit me up i felt like i was in high school all over again i've been so thrilled and excited and my heart has just been so happy ever since we have started into this um took time while my kids were asleep and made me some audition tapes in the other room while I had some quiet time and it's been downhill from there honey been going non-stop just right in line it just like I said I feel like this was a huge blessing from God I love 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 theater and to have had this just kind of fall in my life the way it did um has it's just been so awesome been so exciting and here we are and another question for both of you, uh, Brittany, we'll start with you this time. Um, you know, why do you think that this is important mystery meet um, for the Tri-County area? So kind of going back to what I had said there, you know, after high school, we all change so much, you know, kind of even like our reveal skit is based on the class of 82 and how different we are all this many years later and the types of people that we went to school with and how much they've changed to where they are now in life and I have theater was always something that was big in my heart but you know here in the Tri-County area once you get out of high school you know theater's kind of over um, there's there's nothing around here that you can kindly do to to perform or to still as an adult enjoy some of those things that you might have in a drama club or as you were in high school so for me all this time later it has given me so 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 much enjoyment to kind of feel like I'm back doing the things that I love even at the age that I am now as an adult and Mystery Meets has given me the opportunity to do theater now as an adult like I would have as if I was in high school. So this is, it's huge to me that this has given me the opportunity to let my children now see me doing some of the things that I loved to do when I was a child in acting. And Chris, the same for you. Um, why is this important? So for me, while I absolutely enjoy performing and will probably perform at any opportunity, I don't mind to stand in front of five people and put on a performance. For me, what the arts and the theater can provide, especially to a community, is often it will give people who are marginalized an opportunity to join a community. 
and that community could be theater, it could be art, it could be anything, but if we can get the art into the community, then we may inspire some children or some person to find a sense of place and sense of community in in, in our our community, for, for lack of a better word, and, and allow them to become comfortable in their own skin and find a place they feel like they belong. My experience in the theater has been more as an adult working in in local theater and i've seen many many young people start into their first performance or come see a performance and then join the next and then the next thing you know that awkward young child suddenly flourishes into this much different adult who has who has a confidence that they likely never would have gained if they hadn't found their art for me it, it may be theater for someone else if they can see an art and they can experience an art that could spark something in them and affect the rest of their lives in a positive way. And that's that's for me what this can bring to the entire community. If we spark one child out of one performance, we've made a positive impact into the future on our on our community and our region. Sure. Now uh, let's let you jump in here. What do you uh, there's a lot of things I'm sure you're curious about. Yeah, so I have a question for you, Kat. Um, you have directed <laughs> many plays in your career as a teacher, I assume. Um, and, you know, that, that brings challenges uh, dealing with kids. So I was curious how this, you know, directing this differs from directing plays that you've done in the past? <laughs> well, you don't have a grade to hold over their head. That's one difference <laughs> in high school. I mean, there's really, in some ways, not a lot of differences um, because, you know, adults are busy. Um, they have jobs. They have families. They have all these responsibilities. Um, but so did high school students have a lot of responsibilities. So time management, um, you know, is always a problem. Mm -hmm. Getting everyone on the same plate, you know, on the same page to be able to practice. Uh, it was a little bit easier in high school because that was a class and they had, you know, uh, 50 minutes or whatever every day that they would be there. Um, so that part of it was easier and it's harder now with adults. But you know, that being said, um, I think adults also, like, we're doing a lot of Zoom practices mm -hmm. uh, because we don't live, like, we have some from Williamsburg, some from London, you know, Barberville, Corbin. So we're, we're really kind of spread out. And, um, you know, that's a good thing because we're bringing together, like, all of all these different communities into one. Uh, so I would say just the biggest difference is uh, the practice schedule um, because of distance. And that that's a little different than high school, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, Gary, where do you see this? I mean, where would you like to see this go? I mean, you're having your first performance, and um, I'm guessing that you want to do more. So, well, yeah. Matt, I'm seeing this as a regular in Corbin at the Pennington for a long, long time, a regular running show there at the Pennington. And then I see us getting into all of these other communities 
in the area. I think that we can bring something to each of those. And who knows, maybe someday we have two casts. We actually have two performances going on simultaneously with two different casts. I, you know, I think the, the sky's the limit as to what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just really excited about it. I mean, you know, and, and, and Kathy had asked me the question before about arts. Well, I, I, I failed to mention, I, I've always been a writer and, and um, that's something I've done for a long time. And, and I did, um, I, I wrote, I did publish a book last year. It was the first thing I'd done uh, from a writing aspect in, in, in quite some time. And and I'm hoping at some point maybe I could contribute a little bit um, to some of these scripts. But but right now, Cat's uh, got a very good handle on it, handle on it. So I don't I don't see there's a whole lot I can contribute at this point. <laughs> maybe <at> some point. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Cat. What's next? What do you got? Yes. Yeah, so, um, well, Deidre, I wanted to come back to you just for a minute. Um, hearing from the actors who, you know, express what this means to them and what they feel like it could mean to the community. You know, how do you feel hearing that about, you know, your contribution of being a part of this with the Pennington? Well, it's exciting to hear their viewpoint. And I'm glad that I got the opportunity, um, you know, to, to hear a few of the actors, um, because honestly, I've really only talked in depth about it with Gary. So it, it kind of puts a different perspective for me um, on, you know, hearing their background and and how how much they enjoy doing these types of things and acting and and you know as uh, as a a person a business owner um, it's very exciting obviously the possibility of having something that could um, start taking on its own momentum and start building. And I think that, um, you know, I think the the, ven- the venue itself is going to add a, a level of distinction for, you know, for the, the mystery meets. And I feel like that the setting itself within that, you know, within the, the venue is going to fit really great with the what you all are trying to create um and i think the passion behind these actors and actresses um that's really bringing more depth into it so i'm you know i'm there and i'm excited and i am um looking forward to you know this being a long-running um event i think it would be great and i think you know i think corbin needs more um things like this to bring you know bring a a diversity into um downtown uh things to do that are a little bit different than what people have been doing in the downtown area well i think that brings us to this is going to be interesting 
uh, because these two actors are very talented with improv. Don't let me down, guys, because we're going to do one right here. So I want um, Gary, Deidre, Matt, I want you all to think of a reason that someone in the community might give for not wanting to come to the show uh, or for not coming to theater. And I will start with one. And Chris and Brittany, I would like you to become Howard and Terry. And I want you to respond with the reason that they should come, you know, when we tell you the reasons that we don't think we should, okay? Okay. Sounds great. All right. Well, you know, guys, I mean, who can understand the theater? You know, it's like Shakespeare and stuff. And I mean, who understands that? Oh my gosh. Terry, can you believe this class of 83 is coming here like this? <laughs> I know. They have to be. They have to be from a different class other than ours. To not understand, theater is nothing just like Shakespeare and what. It's a whole other world of different characters out there. Yeah, I've, I've never said a whither to thou come from any. I'm not going to say any of that kind of stuff. What are you talking about? And you know, honey, I'm not. No, you're certainly not, especially after you a couple back, you're you're definitely not gonna be well eloquent. Howard, don't tell my dirty secrets. <laughs> Terry, I don't have to because everybody here knows you will. Well, honey, I've got the money to put them all through therapy if they get enough of me. All right, I'll be there. Okay. You've talked me into it. All right, Gary, what do you got? Well, I think I would rather go to a sporting event. That's where I would like to use my money. A sporting event? Who is this joker kidding? A sporting event? Honey, I've got all the balls and juggling you need to see up on stage. Hey, Terry, what do you want to bet there's an inverse proportional relationship between the size of his muscles and the size of his tires? My goodness. <laughs> put put the beer down, buddy. Come and do something cultured. <laughs> Okay, Matt, let's hear from you. Well, you know, I, I live kind of far away, so, you know, it, it's a long drive for me. A long drive? Listen, I got the money, honey. I'll get you on the first jet out, baby, and you'll never regret taking those flying miles for me. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's it's an investment. You come, you have a great dinner, you get to see, well, me. And the work I've done to Terry. So I really can't see a reason why that a little bit of time wouldn't be worth this tremendous investment to you. And hey, you've heard the expression. It's worth trying anything once. Okay, Deidre. Well, I'm really not crazy about the being maybe put on the spot during the program. Um, I, that makes me a little apprehensive. I think I would just rather sit there and watch. I mean, if you really want to go around like a lump of long, that's okay. You, you can do that. We probably won't look at you and call on you, but there's certainly a chance. 
listen, <laughs> my face may be full of fillers and fake and Botox, but I promise you'll be all natural, baby. If we call on you and you think that you're out of place or feel weird, I'll help you go with the flow, honey. I know how to keep my mouth moving if you don't want to move yours. <laughs> and that's certainly true because Terry, there's no such thing as an awkward silence with Terry. She'll certainly feel it. And besides, if you really don't want to, you can always say no, and we'll probably move on to somebody else. We just want you to have a good time, honey. That's all Terry's about, baby, a good time. (laughs) Well, you know, I feel like the theater is for just, like, uh, you know, old, rich, stuck-up people, and, you know, that's not really me, so... I just don't think that, you know, it's for everyone. Hey, look, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. The minute the show's over, I'm going over and throwing axes. That's not a rich people thing. I mean, you can step around the corner and throw an axe. You can go up the street and have a, a little barley pop. There's a lot of things to do downtown. Come on out. It's, it's not a rich old person thing. It's an everybody thing because, trust me, Class of 82 has people from me. Well, on down is the best way to say that. <laughs> Listen, Terry, me, I'm rich, I'm old, and I'm stuck up. But I can promise you that when you're there, you'll see the variety of people other than people old, rich, and stuck up like me. That will be. Oh, yeah, Adam's coming. Remember Adam? Yeah, he's a he's he's a hillbilly. Don't tell anyone we said that. But he drives a truck with a rifle, and he will be there. Strong. No, Terry, honey, you didn't hear. He got a yeah. truck repoed. He's driving a Honda, and he put a gun rack in the back. Oh, <laughs> see, even better, even better. Well, I think that's the perfect ending uh, because. You know, there does not seem to be an excuse for not showing up to watch the reveal. And Gary, you want to give us those dates? Yes, uh, I, we have. We're opening on July 29th, and that will be at six o'clock. And then we're going to have a Sunday afternoon performance on August 6th. And what's the time I get on that cat? I, I get my time. Uh, three, to, three to six. Three to. Three to six, okay. And do we want to give them um, any future dates beyond that? We'll um, we'll post that with the podcast so they'll be able to see these dates and um, also sure. ticket information. You want to? They'll be able to buy those online only. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, and that'll be available coming this week. Um, and the hope is to have that ready on Monday. And uh, both those first two performances, by the way, will be at the venue. Yes, we are very excited. Well, everyone, I want to thank you for a wonderful episode. It's been so enlightening to uh, hear about Mystery Meats and about the Pennington. And uh, certainly, Howard and Terry, you're uh, entertaining as always. We're sure happy that we was able to share some with you guys today. We really are truly passionate and excited and hope for everyone rich poor and everywhere in between honey come and enjoy yourselves this is the closest thing to the dixie stampede you're ever going to see local so come on down and enjoy (laughs) and uh 
I'll just echo what Brittany said. Come on down. Enjoy the show. It's going to be a good time. There probably won't be any mayhem, but Mom. probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iratepleas at outlook.com, or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com, or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.